By means of printing, the fund of knowledge accumulated through the ages is available to everyone. Printing zines has also been a major component of the information explosion. Welcome to Zine It Together. I'm Josephine Jay. And I'm Timotea Hayter. This is a podcast all about zines and the people who make them. You'll hear us chatting with zinesters about their work and how they got started. We'll take a look at some of their favorite scenes and then end each episode with a prompt to give you all some inspiration on how to make your own zines. And if this is your first time learning about zines, a zine is basically like a self-published magazine. Really, a zine is uh, self-published just about anything. It can be uh, your own writing, uh, your art, your games. Um, If you've self-published your work, you just might be a zinester. And I really want this podcast to be helpful for everyone listening and, you know, to help inspire you all to make your own stuff. And maybe this show will help you find other people you want to collaborate with on your next project. For this episode, Josephine spoke with Theo Quest, a graphic designer, illustrator, and zine creator here in Phoenix. They're also an organizer for the Phoenix Zine Fest, which we are very much looking forward to at the time of this recording. It will be next week or now, depending on when you're listening. Or A week ago, a month ago, (laughs) last year, who knows? Either way, we will or have had a blast. We talked about making art for yourself versus making art to live, how to make your first scene, and how important community events like the Phoenix Zine Fest have been in fostering creativity. If one person has an idea and wants to gather an artist and a poet and a comedian and try to make something weird, like that's you're making a zine community space. And this is starting to sound like a one of those jokes that's like a priest, a rabbi, and a duck walk into a bar and they created a zine community space. <laughs> but before we get into all of that, we should probably tell you a bit more about ourselves. I'm a podcaster. I really like audio engineering and sound design. And I'm also a zine maker. I make tiny little role-playing games, little tabletop role-playing games, and I release them as zines. I'm a bookmaker, um, printmaker, and sometimes a writer, occasionally a painter. And every once in a while, those things intersect into a zine. How did you get started making me, doing art? Why would you do this to me? (laughs) What's your origin story? Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I'm alive. I'm a human. Um, Birds sing. Fish swim. People make art. Like, it's the thing that we do, aside from, like, also singing and uh, just making things more complicated and having anxiety. I was, you know, the kid who drew in class, uh, and then I went to arts high school, which is weird as hell. One of my art teachers was a printmaker, and so she... The thing about printmakers is that we're kind of... We're kind of a religion, I won't say we're a cult. We're too individual for that. But we are kind of religious about it once we get into it. Uh, So this teacher who is a printmaker, of course, she went out of her way to have a printmaking class uh, for just whoever was interested. And so there ended up being like, I don't know, 12 of us. Uh, And that got me hooked. I decided, you know, this is, you know, this is my entire identity now. Now I am more printmaker than I am person. 
Where do you see your zines going in the next five years? Well, I would hope that people consider, you know, um, the last space battles, like the next Mouse Ritter, you know. They're, they're oh, Jesus. Back. Oh, Christ. The odd. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I'm hoping I'm still making them. Yes. Don't, aren't we all? Yeah. What's your favorite part about podcasting? About podcasting i usually don't think that i have extremely important things to say on my own i have a few set things that i think are kind of interesting but then once that's been exhausted like i'm not who am i to go on for you know bazillion episodes talking about stuff (laughs) but instead hearing a bunch of other people i feel like a lot of people though also don't feel that way right like a lot of people are like i don't i don't have anything interesting to share but i feel like that's always false and uh, so it's very fun just talking to people who uh, don't think they have uh, an interesting story or interesting thing. And I don't know. That's genuinely really sweet. Yeah, that is the the thing that I like most about podcasting. That's why I like want to do this kind of show. Because then once those people's stories exist in the world, they've shared them. Chances are there are other people who will like listen to that. And whether they find some sort of point of similarity of like, oh, I felt like that. Or it's like, oh, I've never felt that's interesting, you know. That I don't know. I, I genuinely do believe that a lot of people listening to each other's stories like provides a net positive or yeah. good into the world. You like yeah. connecting people. That's really nice. I do. Now, do I like connecting to personally to a lot of other people? Not necessarily, <laughs> but I like just <laughs> yeah, and like it's... facilitating that. I have been thinking lately about how, like, reality is created communally. Like, no one, there is not, the philosophical idea of, like, a genuine truth. It's something that we all create together. And uh, with the advent of Twitter and stuff, um, that reality uh, is manufactured to be just who is the angriest and the loudest these days. Uh, And, yeah, just... Um, being able to like engage over things we genuinely enjoy is just a way back to our basic humanity um, that is so necessary in this day and age. And now, without any further ado, let's get into our conversation with TheoQuest. I guess I start this off, why zines? So a zine is usually a self-published piece of literature or media, usually in the form of like a little booklet. They've been around for almost a century, but probably longer. The reason that they're meaningful to me and a lot of people is it's a way to like evade censorship, to say exactly what you want to say. There's no like gatekeeping. You can decide what you want to publish and then you can publish it tomorrow. Um, so I think that it's an incredible way to connect with people, connect with artists and poets and all kinds of zine makers. Um, I also think it's a really wonderful way to um, avoid surveillance in recent years because zines are not surveilled the way that social media is. Um, Like what's then something kind of along those themes that you just mentioned that you're like either working on right now or have made recently? Something that I'm working on? Yeah, yeah. I make goofy stuff. I think there's a lot of zines that I've picked up in the past where I I find those other elements that I enjoy about zines. Um, I guess my zines do fit into what I was just saying about, like, you can decide you want to make something and make it tomorrow. 
Um, so I just made like a goofy little illustrated mini zine last weekend. I made it in 24 hours and it's just an illustrated trippy look at me eating some really sour candy that took me on Can a wild I- ride. <laughs> Can I see it? Yeah, or- it's actually right behind you. It's called Sour Candy. And I made it look really psychedelic and colorful, but um, what's funny is it was just um, normal sugar, sour candy, and not a weed gummy. I had already had a weed gummy prior to the experience, but... (laughs) This isn't about drugs. It's about Albanese sour gummy bears, although I was a little high already, full disclosure. (laughs) Yeah. They're really good. And the bag says um, they start sour and they stay sour, and they're not lying about that. I feel like this is, like, a, a good introduction to, like, the breath of what a zine can be. Yeah. It, it really can be whatever, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Something I'm working on lately because the first zine that I ever really made was collaborative, and it was really polished. Um because that's what I wanted to do at that time. I was like coming up into my career and I wanted to prove that I could make like really beautifully designed, polished things. And zines were valuable because it was like, well, I can skip the part where somebody tells me I'm doing it wrong or that they don't want to publish it. Like that's the part I want to skip. But the further I get into the zine world, the better it is for my art practice because it I'm encouraging myself to make crap zines more, <laughs> make zines that take me 24 hours and are about something silly just to prove to myself I can do it. And also because those are some of my favorite zines that I've picked up from other people. Um, yeah. So what was that first zine? You said it was a collaboration? Yeah. I, I called it the paper plane zine. Um, and the concept was the best way I can summarize it is that it was sort of like highlights magazine for people who aren't children. Um, so I really wanted it to feel super like experimental and um, engaging and you can like cut things out of it and tear things out of it. We had paper dolls, paper airplanes, but we also had like comics and poetry. Um, and each issue had a theme. I think I only published four or five issues, um, but like one theme was all about Phoenix. So all of the content was really creative takes on like, what does it mean to you to give a shit about Phoenix, Arizona? Um, Yeah, and it was really polished and cool and I hope people had fun with it when it existed. All right, my hot garage. I really hope I still have these. Oh, I think I see one. Okay, here we go. All right, this is like all of my life's souvenirs but like the things I don't want to look look at all the time anymore. Uh, Oh yeah, this is issue one of the paper plane. Um, It's very beautifully produced because that's what I was going for. I got them printed for real. I didn't like, I'm always pro, like if people want to steal prints from their work, I think that's so important. I think you should do that. But I got these printed professionally from like an actual print company for some reason. Um, oh, and I, I listed all my contributors, the people who helped me produce it. I did a little letter from the co-editor, which was in comic form. The designs are like um, really creative. Like we have this, um, we have this spread of shorts um, where we took short little writing pieces and formatted them 
it looks like um, like a newspaper and a coffee and a lunchable, like all spread out on a tabletop. This is where all my creativity went. I'm looking at an image of a person with very visible nipples through their t-shirt. And that is how someone interpreted the prompt, hello. More comics, funny little design things. Oh, cute, I made these little, it says notes for hard hellos. And I think I wanted people to cut them out and give them to people. So I think there's one for you to give someone who parked really bad. Um, there's one that you can give to someone that you have a crush on. There's one that you can give to a coworker if they're doing a good job. That's nice. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I have an edition of, of Paper Plane Zine. I, oh. Like, yeah, it's flashing back to me, like, years ago. I don't know, it was, like, 2014 or 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> um, there's a coffee shop around Melrose, Copper... Star Coffee. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. I think there was like a zine release party or something for a paper plane. Or, oh, I don't gosh, know. Yeah. yeah, we did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I was there for. That's a so awesome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a really cool event, and I think I was more in my experimental era of my life at that time, where I guess I would just go up to a coffee shop and be like, "Can I release my zine here and have it be a party?" And Copper Star is cool enough that they were like, "Yeah, absolutely. See you on Friday." <laughs> yeah. So that, that was like your first scene. Just for context, what is like your background generally in terms of making stuff? Well, um, I was part of my high school newspaper staff and I was a weird queer kid and that was my safe place when like my home wasn't always my safe place. So I, I fell in love with like journalism and graphic design because I had a knack for it, but also because that was like the place I went to get away from everything else. So of course you get good at it. If that's when you're skipping your other classes, you're going to journalism class. Of course you're going to get good at that shit. <laughs> um, so when I went to college, I tried to double major in graphic design and journalism. That was a rocky path for me. That didn't quite work out. Um, and then, uh, kind of like when you said you were discovering the zine scene in Phoenix, like around 2013, 2014. I remember I went to this like small press expo on Roosevelt Row when it was still just a bunch of houses and you know you were like what is this weird downtown place um and there were like it was probably too close to summer to be doing an outdoor event like that and there were like eight vendors set up with plastic tables and they had zines and comics and self-published things and that was the closest thing we had to Phoenix Zine Fest in 2013-2014 I guess um, so I think that opened up my eyes because I was like, oh, there are comic artists. Like, I make comics, and other people are, like, not trying to go a traditional path with this. They're making whatever they want and giving it directly to other people who like comics. Like, that was a huge light bulb for me. Um, so I guess that's most of my background. Because after that, it was a pretty fast track to, I'm doing it now. <laughs> And then I made friends with Carissa Lucille, who's, um, you know, responsible for such great things as Wasting Zine right. Distro, Phoenix Zine Fest. Um, and Carissa was starting a zine called Femme Static. And I was just really grateful to meet another person who was like, I'm trying to do this too. And I don't really know anyone else who's doing this. So that was a really cool connection that kind of kept me going. I guess I like, want to ask you like a little bit more about like what that kind of space was like. What was the... The vibe. You mentioned there's like, oh, we have like eight little tables, you know, people selling oh, yeah. zines. Like, what did that look like? And 
in a year or two? Like, what what is that for someone who has like never been to maybe even any zine fest? Like, what is what is the vibe of a of a space like that? Oh, um, sure. I think any time I've gathered with other creatives, especially when zines are the goal or the subject, um, I think it's become a community I've really picked on purpose because um, I think there are other spaces with work or even other art forms where you sort of have to try to make yourself be more chill or more professional. Um, And I just think there's so much excitement and like raw passion surrounding zines. You don't have to pretend to be chill about something that gives you life. and I, I really adore that. Um, and I think that that shows up in any setting I've been part of, like whether it's, you know, a gathering at my house where we're talking about what the next zine is going to look like, a, a huge zine fest where everyone's so excited to share the zines they've like worked so hard to make. Um, yeah, it's just one of the best feelings in the world. Um, and I feel like there's always ideas flying around too, because zines are such an accessible format. Um, I don't know. It almost becomes a joke sometimes. Like I was a a co-organizer for Phoenix Zine Fest the last two years. And I feel like there are so many topics and jokes and experiences that come up where any given person on the team is like, oh, I should make a zine about that. (laughs) And they could. (laughs) I mean, the Phoenix Zine Fest or Zine Fest, it's like a community space, but it's like one, it's like a single event, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. There's obviously like the Wasted Ink Zine Distro, Mm -hmm. like as a kind of you know, permanent space, like yeah. people can gather as all sorts of little events there. Mm-hmm. Are there other community spaces that like have been like really helpful for you as far as being able to collaborate with other people or feel like more freeing in like the stuff you make? I, th- I think a lot of my zine experiences have, have just been like small gatherings of friends who are interested in an idea. Um, and also I think that in recent years, like the internet has has really impacted that as well. Um, I was really careful throughout COVID, so I'm actually late on it, but I'm working on a collaborative zine right now that I co-created with a friend who lives in Pittsburgh. And that's been neat because we have submissions from people who live all over. So it's it's a bittersweet thing, I think, to have some of that community move on to the internet because the internet kind of is our third space in recent years. Um, but it does really open up the door to a lot of, to, to growing community, I guess, even though you have to engage with it in a different way. Um, but in person, I feel like a, a lot of it has been just like small gatherings of folks. You know, I, I think that's a cool thing about zines is like, um, there are so many f- formats isn't the right word, but like mediums, I guess, that you can use zines for. So like if one person has an idea and wants to gather an artist and a poet and a comedian and try to make something weird, like that's a, you're making a zine community space. And this is starting to sound like a, one of those jokes that's like a priest, a rabbi and a duck walk into a bar and they created a zine a community zine. space. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you just need more than one person. Is that a- That's a community <laughs> space. Yeah. Oh no. Are we a community space? We're a zine community space right now. <laughs> It's me and my cat. If you want to you talk a little bit more about like what that looks like then online, you know, you mentioned, yeah, like especially with COVID, so many more things. I think it accelerated what was already kind of, you know, the expansion of like online communities being like a, yeah, a, almost like a primary space too of, 
of interaction? The biggest thing I can talk about is um, the first year I was a co-organizer for Phoenix Zine Fest was 2021. Um, and we want to support everyone in our community. People who are on the organizing team were like high risk, immunocompromised, and we know there are other people like that in our greater community. So even though some festivals were going back to fully in person, we were like, nope, we're going to make sure that this is as inclusive as it can be when this is still not a safe time to gather in person. Um, and that was such a wild zine fest because we ended up having vendors from other countries. Um, we had a lot of people that we know and love already from Phoenix, but like we had so many um, international vendors that it was natural to to do an international panel for one of our online panels. And that included people from all over the world, um, like Australia, Germany. Uh, I don't know, it was, it was very, very cool because those are zines that I never would have seen or come in contact with if it wasn't for that event. Uh, and now I've like exchanged mail and exchanged zines with some of those people in other countries. And like, it's incredible. So how much of your own work is also just on the internet as well or not like yeah oh my gosh I guess that's a huge reason why I like zines even though I'm like a very online person is I can um I don't know there's I I really like a tangible thing like even though I've always been a really online person like when I had the the dream of double majoring in journalism and graphic design I was like I want to design for a magazine that's like my end goal I want to make published things um and that hasn't really changed so I think that's why I make zines um, I post a lot of the content from my zines online, but it's just people engage with it differently. Like I think the person who views my Instagram post of an illustration from one of my zines might look at it and like it and move on with their scrolling. But a person who picks up my zine from ZineFest or from Wasted Ink or from my online shop and then like goes out of their way to tell me that it meant something to them. Like, I think that's a different experience for me and for the reader. Like, I imagine you're thinking of times that that has happened even yeah. recently. Yeah. Yeah. I made a zine last year called The Imposter. Um, and that one felt, it kind of just tumbled out of me. I didn't try, I wasn't trying to think of a zine to make. I had some ideas and then I had to make it. It's like illustrated and it's technically like a comic about space, but it's really more like a story about feeling like an outsider during COVID while I was like trying to take care of myself as somebody who has like chronic illness, as like a non-binary person trying to navigate the world, um, as a person with some diagnosed and maybe undiagnosed like mental illnesses, <laughs> like feeling like you're on the outside of the way things are supposed to work. So the front cover, it says The Imposter, and then it says my name, Theo Grace Quest. Uh, and it's like a mostly black front cover with like a silhouette of a person casting a shadow at the end of a long hallway. My art style's a little goofy. Um, most of this follows the journey of an intrepid explorer um, who's wearing a helmet uh, and a mask and maybe like a funky little space suit. If you ever wanted to know what my constant anxious thoughts sound like, just read this zine at a really fast pace. <laughs> I'm thinking about alternate realities again, always coupled with a strange nostalgia for memories that aren't mine. I've always felt like there's some social code that I missed. 
I'm smiling at you under my mask, but then I realize it just looks like staring. Many places feel like they aren't quite for me. I want to belong. I want to be part of the club, to know how things work, but most places feel like liminal spaces. Is it because I'm queer, because of my anxiety, because my desert home is sprawling and disconnected, because our culture values cash over connection? Maybe it's just me, the imposter. Do people really live up there? What does that feel like? Do people come here every day? I sometimes long to be a cog in someone else's machine, but my astrology tells me I'm supposed to be a leader. I think true community is the answer to most things. I feel the fleeting nature of each moment too deeply, the rapid passing of time. It's hard to be the historian when you're supposed to be living the story. I just worry I'll forget. When I croak, the memories will leave with me, but I don't want to lose them now. Am I supposed to have more answers at this point? I'll never stop viewing this life through the eyes of a beginner. I hope someday soon, I will begin to build something real. Um, but I did get some some good feedback on this zine because I think a lot of people, um, you know, also have anxiety disorders like I do, also struggled during COVID, are also like queer and feel like outsiders because of it. Um, and so I, a lot of those kinds of people that read this were like, oh, I feel that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, just you reading through that, there are like other little moments like, yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> yep. Something that I wonder about is like just even the ability to make a zine, but really to make anything kind of on our own terms, whether it's explicitly working through that kind of stuff or just like as like oh i'm going to to make something and then suddenly i feel like some of those thoughts get clarified or like oh no it's things are a little bit more okay because i can oh, sure. i can make something like zines as a form of therapy almost <laughs> i guess <laughs> no i think that's so valid and real um and that's another thing that i i love about zines i think that like the process of making it is part of the product and part of the journey and i think there are so many other forms of art or media where like the journey is in private. You're expected to have already gone on it. And now the things you produce are supposed to be excellent and perfect and amazing and consumable. Um, and I think that zines are not, we don't really think about them in terms of whether we consume them or not. They can be anything. They can be consumed or not consumed. They can be, it can be something you make and throw away. Um, and I think a lot of zines, like the process is part of the product in a much bigger way. Um, and yeah, I think it can be really healing to work through that on your own terms and to have the freedom to print it when it's done or to keep it in a locked vault when it's done or throw it in a paper shredder, like whatever you need to do to like finish that for yourself. I think it's really freeing. We've been talking about all, you know, all the zines like that you've made and just like community projects. Um, but you are also like working as a graphic designer. Yeah. And I'm wondering if there's anything to say about like, how do you manage like the sort of balancing of like creating for yourself or for like a community versus like creating to live? Yeah. Well, right off the bat, I think one involves a lot more heart and motivation. Um, I do really love design. 
Right now I'm trying to push my career more toward illustration and away from design because um, that's something I've realized I feel so passionately about. And sometimes I actually do have paid work where I'm like feel really inspired and like excited to contribute to, to this thing that I'm part of. Um, uh, but that also takes a lot out of you. So I think that if, I don't know, I think if other people are trying to balance full-time creative work with like doing your own creative work, maybe like make some of the full-time creative work a little bit brainless and a little bit like not something that takes all of your heart and soul out of you. Um, this is good advice for me right now. Oh no, yeah, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> also don't want to forget about talking about sure. other people's zines. Okay, sure. Or like, yeah, so I would love <clears throat> for us to flip through like whatever those are. <laughs> yeah, sure, I pulled a bunch. Um, so I have this mini zine that I really love. It's by Still Around Illustrations. I don't know if she's currently making zines cause this is from a few years ago, um, but I know she's always an artist. It's called Good Days and it's illustrated. Um, there are no words, it's a mini zine. And uh, I love it because it's illustrations of things that the artist just viewed as good days and um, I think I'm just a big fan of things that are kind of mundane and, and beautiful, like a beautiful experience you could have on a Tuesday. And, and the fact that that was noteworthy enough to the artist to record it in this mini zine, I think is so special. I've made journal comics in the past. And then sometimes when I look back on my journal comics, I realize like what a beautiful life I have. And I think that's what I get out of this mini zine as well. Okay, this one is purely aesthetic to me. There's poetry in it. It's a beautiful, almost mini zine called Flushed Flamin' Hot Red, a Flamin' Hot Cheetos poetry collection. Um, it's produced by Off-White Sheep. Um, the front, it, this is a beautiful zine. I can't convey to you through audio how, how like, I don't know if anyone listening is it the to texture? this. It's the texture. As someone who's always made printed things, like for a while I made signs for Whole Foods Market. If there are any laminate aficionados out there who are familiar with the type of laminate called spider silk, you know what I'm talking about. Um, the front cover has like a spider silk type of tactile <laughs> feeling to it. Anyway, um, so yeah, this is framed by like an actual bag of Flamin' Hot Cheetos. And then there's a bunch of poetry and beautiful designed pages all about Flamin' Hot Cheetos. I'm not even a hot Cheeto enjoyer. I'm like a really basic regular Cheeto, like jalapeno Cheeto at most person, but like I just, this is an irresistible zine, so. All right, and the last one I pulled that's a favorite is by my friend Shelby. It's called Let's Hang Out Soon. Um, and this is another comic zine, and it follows two characters who are friends and roommates. Um, and they're just so cute. And Shelby's art style is so amazing to me. Like, it looks so polished, but also so fun. And I feel like it's an art style that you would see, like, on a Nickelodeon cartoon in the late 90s sometimes. Um and it's cute because most of the scenes with these friends are really like joyful and adorable, but like sometimes they navigate difficult topics or like there's a scene where one of them I think comes out as non-binary to the other one. And it's like a good example of like how that could go well with a friend. Um, so yeah, I think this is a great scene and anything that you can pick up by my friend Shelby is worth picking up. A lot of what you, you know, you picked out are comics and you mentioned like you made and, and make comics like is there some like I guess what about comics draws you oh wow um 
gosh, I don't know. I remember I found this old assignment from second grade where I was supposed to to write about what I wanted to be when I grew up. Uh, and I said I wanted to be a cartoonist and a graphic designer, and I wanted to be in the WNBA. Um, so I achieved the ones that were achievable. Um, apparently, I've cared about like making comics or cartoons since I was like seven. Um, wow, that you know what a graphic designer was. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was shocked to learn that because I thought at that point in my life, all I knew was like, I like to play on the computer. I like kid pics. Um, maybe my teacher helped me. Yeah. I remember kid pics in school. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I guess that like inspired many graphic designers. Who knows? As an adult though, I think comics are flexible. They can tell all kinds of, of stories. And I think that you get an extra element that uh, like an extra way to see the storyteller because there are so many like little micro choices that go into the ways that you portray what you're trying, like, it's like a dual way of telling one story that shows you even more about the story. I think that's really interesting. Um, and I guess I fell in love with making comics through my journal comics um, because it was a way to find really wonderful or noteworthy things about my everyday life. Um, and it was up to me as the creator to decide if I wanted those things to appear in ways that felt funny or that felt emotional or I don't know, you you just have so much freedom with the way that you can depict something. Um, I think it's really interesting. And I also think it's a really accessible, um, digestible art form. Um, And ultimately, I just really want to share myself with other people. And I think it's a good way to do that. I feel like a lot of what we described as far as zines are that they can be very accessible, right? Like anyone can make a zine. But I still imagine like, even like for me creatively sometimes, not just necessarily a zine, but just like making anything Mm -hmm. can feel incredibly daunting. I guess I'm like wondering, like, what would you say to people like where that feels like very intimidating? Oh, sure. Even starting. I would say um, start with a mini zine. There are a lot of tutorials online in any format that you prefer, like image um, templates or TikToks that tell you how to fold and cut them. Um, It's basically one piece of paper that you end up splitting into eight pages. And I would say start with a mini zine and maybe start with the pretense that it's just for you. It's just an exercise Um, that it would be cool if it turns into a zine you want to share, but that if it doesn't, it means that you had practice making a zine. So I'd say that's like the functional thing that I would recommend. But like emotionally speaking, I think it's important, especially with zines, like to not wait until you feel like you have the perfect idea or the perfect knowledge or that you've become the perfect artist or writer or whatever you do. Um, I think that like right now today is the time that you should make your zine because you've been thinking about it, that's enough reason to try to do it. And it's okay, it's allowed to be bad. It's totally allowed to be bad. It's so important to make bad art because then like, how do you make good art if you don't make bad art first? It's not possible, so. Um, I'd love to just chat about coming up with a prompt uh, for listeners of like, there's a few things that out of this conversation kind of stuck out to me. And then I also had just like a few just possible things in mind, especially if we couldn't think of anything. Sure, okay. Something that had come to mind a long time ago was like, make Mm -hmm. something that's intended 
for a single person? Like for a, a recipient, a recipient, poor recipient or not, but that like that's your audience is like you know something special about one person and like you make a zine not with the intention of uh, necessarily broad appeal, but it, maybe maybe you do really say it gives you a focus yeah. for what it should be about. Yeah, that's one one yeah. idea. I don't okay. know if there's anything on your mind even recently as far as I think that's a great idea because sometimes the biggest challenge is like what do I make this about? So. If it's a mini zine that is like about someone you love or for someone you love, I think that that tells you what to make it about. Um, I love that. Um, when I made this sour candy zine last weekend, last weekend, I guess I made it. Um, it was because this other zine maker who is Echo Zines on Instagram was like, hey, what if we did a 24 hour zine challenge and just tag me in? I'll like look at your zines or we can swap or whatever. Um, I just needed someone to say, what if you had to make a zine in 24 hours? It can be about whatever you want. Um, that was why I made it. So I don't know if that's too broad or too vague. So you can make a zine in 24 hours? Make a mini zine. Make a mini zine? An eight page mini zine, technically six pages because it's got a front and back cover. Maybe we combine them. Make something intended for one person yeah. in 24 hours. I think it would be fun if the goal is like, you're making a zine intended for one person and you're you're giving it to them. And that could be about anything. It could be for like your long-term partner to wish them a happy anniversary. It could be for like the ice cream place you tried last week that was fantastic. And you want the person who helped make your ice cream to know that it was the best ice cream you've had so far this year. It could be a zine for your dog and you're like, here are some drawings of you where I think you look really cute. I feel like that's mm -hmm. has limitless potential yeah. and there's less pressure because then you're not trying to make some something that you think is incredible that you feel ready to share with the world because it's okay to not want to share it with the world. Well, is there anything, I mean, I feel like we went over a lot of stuff. Yeah. Is there stuff that like has been on your mind that is, related to or even tangential to like zine making that you want to talk about or I guess just reiterating like because it's where I'm at in my life that I think it's so important to just like push yourself get off your butt try to make something if you're the kind of person who makes things um and I feel like if people are listening to this podcast they probably are and I feel like there might be some people that want someone to tell them you should make it you should go make it right now because there's no reason to wait You've been thinking about it for a while. I'm trying harder to be that person for myself because every single time I've pushed myself and made something, even if I thought it was gonna be bad or it wasn't the best idea I've ever had, like it's always been worth it. It's always been something that led me to something else that I was proud of, that I needed to get out of my system even if I threw it away. Um, so yeah, don't stop sitting on your idea and go make it because there's no reason not to there's no like worst case scenario you make it you maybe don't love it that's fine it's cool that you made it i'm working on it <laughs> <laughs> you're like <laughs> me, me? Uh, um you're doing it right now yeah that's what i'm doing You can find all of Theo's art and zines on Instagram at theoquest.jpg. Yeah, thanks for listening to this first episode of Zine It Together. I am really looking forward to seeing what everyone makes. Um, do you have any ideas of what you might want to make in like 
24 hours just for like one person? I'm thinking my best friend Emily. For my birthday last year, she gave me a package of uh, roach bat clips. Those are bat clips that look like hyper-realistic roaches. I'm thinking I might take a little bit of revenge on her. Maybe doodle her a very nice looking roach and put it in a handmade beautiful card and give it to her for her birthday. Oh my god, that's so much more chaotic than my my idea it was like, oh, I'm gonna give a nice little gift for my brother for his birthday, which at the time of this recording is like next week. And uh, yeah, it was gonna be, maybe I'll just like some little Lego references and Bionicle references from when we were growing up. Uh, uh, oh, the idea of getting a little roach. I mean, her gift to us, that gag gift was a nightmare. A little mini Horrifying, roach. Horrifying, truly traumatizing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is the, the breadth of what uh, you can make in, you know, you have some idea. I'm just going to make something for one person. It could be a, a nice little heartfelt nostalgia thing of like, oh, look at our relationship. And I was growing up. Or it could be, no, oh, look at our relationship. I know you hate roaches. Vengeance. <laughs> Azine could be anything. If you want to support the show, go ahead and join our email list at zineittogether.substack.com. You'll be the first to know when new episodes are coming out and who we'll be chatting with. You can find me at Alunus Press on Instagram and find my tabletop role-playing games at alunuspress.itch.io. You can find me at Little Patch of Hell on Instagram and my website, littlepatchofhell.com, as well as TikTok, but no one uses TikTok. The music used in this episode included Slow Lights by Lee Roosevelt, Hello by Kirk Osamayo, Say It Anyway by PC3, and Mermaid Butterfly by Soft and Furious. Thanks so much for listening.